Having looked at the first two threads, worship and service, I want to now consider the third thread, grow. I've selected as our text the small letter of 1 John found near the end of the New Testament, 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. There the great apostle of love wrote these words, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I am writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I've entitled this message on growth, Moving Up the Chart. Young children are eager to grow and eager to measure their growth. That's why parents often hang a measuring chart on a bedroom wall or a door frame. There, excited children can stand and see if they've reached another milestone. Like children, Jesus' followers need to grow spiritually and must be able to measure their growth. John understood that believers are vulnerable to deception and discouragement if they don't grow. So the Spirit directed him to put together a spiritual growth chart to both challenge and inform them. God recognizes you don't start a journey and you can't measure progress on the journey if you don't first know where you're going. Growth begins with a goal. His chart marked three levels of Christian maturity, including the ultimate goal, and he did so in what we recognize as symbolic language, for in matters of faith, the old can be children and the young can be mature. Attitude, understanding, and effort determine maturity of faith, not age or time. Spiritual birthdays reveal how long we've been on the road. They don't reveal how far we've traveled. Now, as we examine John's chart, it indicates we all begin life in Christ at a child level. The word children means to be born, reminding us the only way to enter God's family is by the new birth through the Holy Spirit. The moment we take that step, our sins are forgiven, our guilt is lifted, and our destiny changed forever. But as wonderful as all that is, staying at the child level is tragic and unacceptable. A small boy's baby brother was screaming up a storm. He asked his mom, where'd we get him? His mom answered, he came from heaven. Wow, he replied. Now I see why they threw him out. Christians that remain spiritual infants are often like that little boy's baby brother. They tend to be demanding, self-absorbed, emotionally unpredictable, and overly dependent on others. We love them, 
They're family after all. But we don't want them still acting like babies after decades in the kingdom. They're high maintenance. The new birth is the starting point of life in Christ, not the end. We're called to grow. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 affirms that. So, John, in his text, quickly highlights the top end of the chart, the mature Christian. Mature believers evidence a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ gained by experience. They can apply biblical principles to life situations. Knowledge is more than information. You don't acquire knowledge simply by listening to a sermon or reading a book. Knowledge unfolds as you both hear and apply Scripture until you develop the ability to anticipate God's actions and apply His truth. The mature reflect the disposition of Jesus Christ. They have put away childish things, according to 1 Corinthians 13.11. The mature are low-maintenance. The third stage is the transitional one, the path to maturity, described as the young who've won the battle with the evil one. Now, that doesn't mean they're incapable of sin. The maturing are those who recognize their struggles are with spiritual forces, not people. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that. The immature Christian says, If my boss, if my spouse, or if my kids would just leave me alone, I'd be fine. The growing know otherwise. The battle is in the spirit realm, in the mind and emotions. With ideas and attitudes, that shape our responses to people. And the only way to experience God's transformation in that realm is in word-directed relationships. Spiritual growth can't be experienced in isolation. We move up the chart as we learn to apply God's word in relationships. We tend to define spiritual maturity as a private God and me thing. And we admire believers who spend lots of alone time with God. We read books that testify to hours in reading, contemplation, and prayer. And we feel like we're ungodly losers. But that's measuring by the wrong chart. Private time with God is good and essential. But it's not the foremost means to or the foremost measurement of maturity. Maturity is developed in contact with people. Private time with God inspires and informs our human relationships, but it certainly doesn't replace them. Sermons are catalysts to get you moving and guide your steps, but they won't keep you moving. That requires Bible-ordered contact with other believers. Did you know there are over 30 things commanded of us in the New Testament that can't be done alone or in anonymity? Things like 
confront the idle, encourage the timid, bear one another's burdens, and so on. You can't obey those commands fully in a service of this size. That's not its purpose. If you walk up to somebody that you do not know and tell them they're idle and they need to get to work for God, if you walk up to someone you don't know and tell them, I know you're timid, I want to encourage you to come out of your shell, you've got to offend a lot of people, but you're not going to build the body of Christ. None of us would do that. None of us should do that. The purpose of a worship service is inspiration and vision and instruction. But overcoming the evil one occurs primarily in smaller group settings where perspiration is added to our inspiration as we get to know other believers well enough to obey those one another commands and give them the opportunity to do the same with us. Now that's critical because we all live better when someone is watching. Private Christians are the devil's easiest targets. Growth occurs when we place ourselves in an environment where we can move up the chart. We've named our efforts to assist you in that endeavor, Threads, and our primary strategy, Growth Groups. And one reason we feel it's appropriate in the days ahead to use video teaching in some of our weekend services is because teaching isn't the main course. As important as it is, as much as I enjoy teaching the Word of God, teaching just sets the table for the real maturing work that follows. God-ordered, Word-directed relationships. That's how you move up the chart. And that's why I want to encourage all of you to be involved in some form of growth group so that you can experience growth in grace and in the knowledge of God and move up the chart.